Hello. Hi. Welcome to episode two of Magical Soup. Um, the world is very different now. Um, and I am... Mm, <laughs> I was struggling. I've been struggling with whether this is just frivolous and silly. Um, and um, I have decided that it is not. It is decidedly not frivolous. We need magic in our lives. And all of the um, hopes and dreams that I had for myself before this are still there. They're just, um, well, it's just going to happen in a different way. And it, isn't it going to be fun to see how it unfolds? <laughs> yes, that's my story and I am sticking to it. So with no further ado, I am going to take you back to the magical world that we lived in in December. Um, I had um, started recording that first episode and it was right before Christmas and... <laughs> it just seems so silly now. It seems so silly. The whole thing is just wild. Like, um, here it is. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna step back into it. Mm. Okay, okay. So here is, here is the story. I have gone skiing with my kids and it's like mid-December and we're driving back down from the mountains and I'm joking with them about the fact that my horoscope that month said you will be receiving some unexpected income and we start talking about like what would that what would that be what would that unexpected income be and I'm like, I think it's the lottery. I definitely, it's my time. I'm due to win the lottery. And that is what this horoscope means. And so we launch into this really fun conversation about how our lives would change if we won the lottery. And the kids, Caroline and Jackson, both start chiming in about how, like, well, they wouldn't want to change schools. and they And they wouldn't want to maybe even move, you know, a pool might be nice, but, um, and I just had this lovely moment where I realized that they are happy. They're happy with their lives. And so that was such a gift. Um, and that got me thinking about gifting. And so I'm like, you guys, like, you know, it would be so fun. Um, like what if, I'm like, I would go to the bank and I would get out a bunch of cash and I would go to the thrift stores because I, I love shopping at thrift stores um, and they know this. And I'm like, I would go to the thrift stores and I would just start handing out $100 bills. Like, how fun would that be? And, you know, they laughed at me and they're like, yeah, that's cute, mom. <laughs> and, you know, we went about our day. So fast forward two days later. And I'm driving Jackson around and we're doing errands. And I remember that there is this um, little Japanese jewelry box that I saw in a thrift store. 
And I thought about getting it for Caroline for Christmas. And then I thought, no, that's stupid. And her room is already cluttered enough. And she doesn't need any more stuff like that. Um, but it popped in my head. And so I said to Jackson, you know, do you mind if we swing by this thrift store um, so we, I can show you this jewelry box? And if you think it's cool, then I'm going to get it for Caroline. Um, and like to my surprise, he's like, yeah, sure. Yeah, let's go to the thrift store, which was like, <laughs> what? So um, we pull into the parking lot and we're walking inside the first set of doors and there's a guy who's standing there and he looks at us and he says, you know, hey, um, can I talk to you for a minute? And I don't know, I think I probably gave him a look like, I mean, you just usually aren't approached by someone in the front of the thrift store. Um, and he immediately says, you know, don't worry, I'm not trying to sell you anything. And so I'm like, yeah, OK, like what, you know, what's going on? And he says, do you, do you know about Secret Santa? And I'm like, yeah, of course. Like, everyone knows about Secret Santa. And he's like, no, no, I mean the Secret Santa. And I, like, kind of look at him, you know, quizzically. And I'm just like, uh, is that someone who um, does, like, random acts of kindness? And he reaches out and he shakes my hand and he says, yeah, that is who Secret Santa is. And now you've met him. And then he pulls out a hundred dollar bill and hands it to me and says, Merry Christmas. And then he walks out of the store. And my instant reaction was, wait, no, you've got the wrong person. And then I thought, oh, my God, I just got to experience what someone would feel like <laughs> um, if I handed them $100. And I thought, and, <laughs> and I thought, wait, no, this is all wrong. Like, I'm supposed to be giving the money away. I'm not supposed to be getting the money. But um, I was absolutely floored by what had just happened. And, and then actually the story gets even better. It's kind of incredible. So I knew that it was going to have to be the second episode for this podcast so I went back and I was like, I wonder if I could find this guy. Like, how cool would it be if I could find who this guy is? And then maybe I could interview him for my podcast. Um, well, that did not happen. But what I did discover was something really kind of cool. It turns out there was this guy named Larry Stewart. And for over 30 years, he gave away $1.3 million to strangers. And he called himself Secret Santa. Um, so that's, you know, what I find out about the Secret Santa. But that's where it starts to get weird. Because, you know, he it turns out he died 13 years ago. So I know it's not Larry who's handing me that $100 bill. So I do a little bit more research and 
it turns out this is a guy um, who is part of a group, um, a secret society of secret Santas that have decided to take Larry's legacy and continue on. And they've been doing it since he died. And they hand out $100 bills to total strangers at thrift stores and laundromats and fast food restaurants. And they wear this guy Larry's trademark red beret and perform random acts of kindness and give away money. And so the ability to find which of this secret Santa's actually was the one who gave me the money um, proved to be very difficult. However, just knowing that this exists in the world is amazing. I love, love, love that people are doing that. Um, and the fact that that happened to me was just so wonderful and magical and, and gave me the you know, impetus to think I should keep doing these podcasts. Um, but I've also been, you know, struggling, obviously, a little bit. Um, and I don't know, well, obviously, right? Because it's March, and this happened in December. And so why, why have I waited so long? Why did I wait so long? And I've been looking at that right? Like, why don't we follow our dreams? Like, why don't we do the things that are the most important to us? Um, so I have to tell you, um, I'm a big fan of Liz Gilbert and she is the author of Eat, Pray, um, Love. And she's written a bunch of other books that are amazing. Um, she actually wrote, um, a novel, called uh, City of Girls, which is incredible. Um, but she wrote a book that changed my life. Um, and no surprise, it was called Big Magic. And she wrote it as sort of a, um, I think kind of, you know, inspiring people to live their best, most creative life. And what I'm not sure she realized is that she actually was giving like instructions, like steps, like if you follow these steps. Um, no, I'm pretty sure she did not realize that she was doing that. And maybe she didn't. I just read it that way because I went back through the book and I basically broke down her chapters into steps to follow. And what's interesting is that I'm recognizing the fact that one of her steps was writing a letter to her fear and um and I I just I remember it so clearly because it was such a powerful story about how when she was um on her way to living a creative life uh she wrote herself she wrote fear a letter and um in her letter to fear, she basically says, dear fear, I'm going to make room for you in the car on this road trip, but you're definitely not sitting in the passenger seat and you're definitely not driving. You're allowed to like every once in a while chime in from the back 
and I'll acknowledge you, but that's as much power as you're going to get on this ride. And I, I obviously, um, <laughs> I need to write my Fura letter. That's going to happen next. Um, but she had this quote also in, in the book. And the quote was, your fear will always be triggered by your creativity because creativity asks you to enter into realms of uncertain outcome and fear hates uncertain outcome. And oh my God, our outcome's uncertain right now. Um, but here it is. I have so many reasons to fear putting this out there. Um, and then I also think about you know, Eleanor Roosevelt said to do one thing that scares you every day. And I, and I believe that I know that when I have faced my fears in my life, the universe has rewarded me when I've done the most daring things. That's when I've, um, that's when magic has shown up for me. And I'm like, oh, so grateful for that. Um, and I, I'm thinking about this, and I've been training. I've been, I've been in training. Um, it was a couple years ago that my son Jackson started challenging me to level up. That's what he called it. And he's like, level up, mom. And he would get me to swing on a tire swing or walk up the slide the wrong way or climb a tree. And, um, and, and I think that right now my biggest fear is not listening to this idea and not having the courage to actually do it. So here we go. I'm doing it. I'm really doing it. <laughs> and I hope that you, um, would like to contribute. I do have a couple other really kind of amazing magical stories in my back pocket. Um, but God, it would be just so freaking boring if it's me telling stories about my life. That's like, no. Um, so I am so excited. My next episode is I decided let's just let's just face this fear thing head on and my brother Dave also has had these incredibly um magical stories of his magic is totally different than mine his is like oh my god like he should have died like a thousand times and somehow magically he does not die and like we call him Daredevil Dave. Like that's what my kids and I, when I when I tell them stories about um, growing up with my brother Dave, like we call him, and and Jackson will be like, "Oh my God, can you tell another Daredevil Dave story?" And I think I've repeated them over and over again more times than I can count. Um, and it was only recently that I heard one of his greatest stories of all time. And so I called him last night and he's on tap. He is going to do it. He's going to tell the story and you're going to die when you hear the story. Um, and 
so I hope you're I hope you stick around I'm hoping to continue doing this I'm not exactly sure I guess I'm gonna keep doing this as long as it continues to make sense to do this um so if you want to share a story um about magic in this world I would love to hear it um my website is magicalsoup.com and um and I'm sure you know if you just want to share even in the comments of my podcast like that would be awesome too I I think anyone who is here is um would appreciate a magical story I think (laughs) I think we all would appreciate a magical story if you have found me this is probably um what you're needing right now so thank you so much for listening again um and i cannot wait to record this next episode with my brother it's gonna be amazing bye